Hey everybody, welcome to Quotes and Stuff with the Kennedy Bros, the podcast where three brothers talk about movies, comics, pop culture, and stuff while adding our own quoting flair. This is your host, Nate. This is TJ. And I'm Christian. Before we go any further, there are time codes in the description if you want to jump around to different parts of our episode. But if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is how this week's going to go. Starting us off with our opening question related to our topic, followed by revealing the quote from last week, playing the quote from this week, then we're going to dive into the news from this past week. Then we're taking a look at Moon Knight, episodes three and four, before finishing it off with our topic. Christian, hit us up with that opening question. All right. So if you guys have ever played that game, uh, Two Truths uh, and a Lie, or I'm not sure if it's a game. I, I don't know. Get to know you game. Whatever it is. Icebreaker. Uh, icebreaker game. There we go. Um, what is the lie that you tell uh, in that icebreaker? TJ, you start us off. Yeah, I, I can start us off. So just, uh, what is it? Not uh, grossness alert or, or something like that. Just uh, uh, If you get grossed out, you're just going to tell a gross story? Is that what you're going yeah, to? Yeah, I'm going to okay. tell something <laughs> a little gross. So skip over in the next 30 seconds if, if you're worried about that. Um, I usually tell as my lie... Uh, uh, a story of, of me um, uh, defecating myself in class at high school. Um, <laughs> I have this, uh, this, this drawn out thing of like, oh, I was, in, I was in class and I had this specific teacher and then I got up to the board. I did the thing that I needed to, but I had to go really bad. But, you know, it was like the class where they wouldn't let you go. And then when I was coming back, I sat down and I sat down just wrong enough that it was like, mm. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> Oh no, but I couldn't tell anyone and all these things. And I, I make it very extravagant kind of, um, but the specific level of detail that I use sometimes throws people for a loop. And then I usually do two other true gross stories, which, which I'm not going to go into. So then it's hard for people to judge which gross story wait, is the lie. Wait, wait, so you tell a story? Normally it's just like, oh, I like this. Oh, I've been here. But, oh. but then people then you can they can ask you questions about it later. So you got you got to make up some details sometimes oh, for the lies. See, like, I've always played it just very happen? simple, very simple. But okay, yeah. So I because that that's what I usually do is like oh like you know I, I defecated myself in high school. I did this other gross thing. And I did this other gross thing. And then people ask questions like, well, what do you mean? How how did this happen? And then you're like, well, the lie just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, but that that's my usual go to lie. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Mine's not going to be anywhere near as extravagant as extravagant. Mine's just very, very simple. Um, Cause I just always thought like, oh yeah, it's going to be three things and they're just simple things. One of them's a lie. Right. And so for me, it'll normally be whatever color shirt I'm wearing. Right. So if it's uh, green, black, red, uh, something like that, I'll, I'll be like, oh, my favorite color is that color. So say I'm wearing a red shirt, I'll be like, oh, my favorite color is red. Right. And then people will, uh, will, will, will think and assume, oh, he's wearing a red shirt. Yes, his favorite color is red. When in reality, my favorite color is blue. So very, very simple, but it's, it, it throws people off enough where they normally don't get it. But what happens when you wear a blue shirt then? Yeah, then, like, then I'm screwed. <laughs> then I'm screwed. Then, norm, then normally I go with something like, oh, I'm, uh, I, I'm six feet tall, right? I'll say that. And people will be like, mm, that one's really hard to tell if you're, if you're sitting down. So they might be like... Yeah, that's true. And I'll be like, actually, I'm six one, you know. So like, just little uh, things like that will uh, throw them off. You mean five eleven, Christian? Please. <laughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me. I'm six one. I'm six, well, kidding, six foot and three kidding. quarters technically. When I, which I round to six one. <laughs> Christian is above six feet. Everyone, uh, I'm just giving him a bad time. Anyways, yeah, that's a uh, that's my my lie in, in the icebreaker game. Nate, what about you? Um, I usually go the injury route, and so like. 
I say like three different injuries, but one of them's a lie. So I have the class like, oh, I broke my leg, which is that that is true. TJ is actually the reason I broke my leg. TJ broke his leg. You didn't break your leg. (laughs) I broke your leg. That's what I I said. You broke my leg, not me. (laughs) But I think I mentioned that story somewhere on the podcast. We've talked about injuries, but I say that one. Then I say, oh, I've scarred up my knees because that is true from uh, a different incident when I crashed a a child's uh, bicycle. I don't know. Not a, it wasn't a bicycle. It was kind of like it was, it was when we were doing those races at the family reunion. Yeah, it was like those things like you put your feet up on them and then you kind of just turn. Yeah, oh. so that that's also it's like true. mini motor. What are like a mini? Not a motorcycle, but like a cycle, but like a motor tricycle. What is, no, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just throwing it, stuff it's, out. it's hard to explain what it is, but it's like a tiny kid's toy that you can put your feet on and ride. It was not meant for teenagers, which we were, but. Anyways, okay. the lie that I normally tell is I say I've sprained both my ankles at the same time. And so that's usually lie. And like it's based on truth. There is when I was in the first grade, I sprained my ankle really, really bad and had to wear a brace for a while. But uh, I don't know. That's usually the, the lie I tell. But I don't know. I, I feel like I could be better with coming up with, uh, with details like TJ is be like, and then this happened and this happened. Because if you can get a lot of gore, if you can give a lot of details then people aren't going to question them always. But. See, I guess I never thought that that game was played with extravagant storytelling. I always just, it was always simple in, in the, uh, the events that I've had with this game. But maybe, oh, maybe people I, have come to blows over this game when um, I'm playing. Wars have been <laughs> is that, I'm, I'm, is I must, that a lie? I, I must not have... Uh, I, I don't play this game quite as frequently as you guys. Then. <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with something a little... Yeah, see, most people play Russian detail. roulette, but we like to play two truths and a lie, two but with dangerous consequences. Okay. <laughs> you are a liar. You fail. 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 <laughs> Cody panics. That is our opening question for this week. We got to move on to, to revealing the quote from last week. That's right. We uh, remember last time we, we reviewed Morbius. And so keeping up with that good old vampire theme, we did probably the most infamous and maybe famous of vampire <laughs> uh, movies, Twilight. Um, <laughs> infamous and gorgeous, famous. Love that. <laughs> yeah. It's that gorgeous scene where um, Bella finally finally admits to herself and to Jacob or not Jacob. What am I saying? Oh, Edward. On. Sorry, everybody. TJ's <laughs> King Edward, Jacob. The truth. <laughs> vampire. That, that she's, or that he's a vampire. And uh, yeah, if you're a Twilight fan, you probably knew that right off the bat. If you've never seen Twilight, like potentially many of our listeners out there, then you probably have no idea what it's from. You might recognize Christian Stewart's voice and, and then associate it with, uh, with Twilight. Uh, and speaking of Twilight, I've been on some Zoom calls for work, and I don't know what's going on, but the lighting in this room is terrible, and I straight look like Edward Cullen vampire. <laughs> My skin is so pale. Um, and I mean, I'm already a pretty pretty pale guy to begin with, but the lighting here is not helping me, and everyone else is is very tan in the call. So just wanted to to, to point that out that I've been looking like Edward Cullen on our on our Zoom Maybe. calls. Maybe Zoom just needs to get a filter where it makes you a like tan a tan filter. Uh, the, yeah, burnt tan, like yeah. Uh, spray tan. Burnt tan. Burnt tan. <laughs> yeah, I, need that. That. I think that'd be really funny. I need that. So, yeah, the quote was from Twilight. Uh, we got to move on to play the quote for this week, though. We have to go back. Oh, it's too late for that. We're closer to the other side. What other side? You want to drown us both? You want to know how I did it? This is how I did it, Anton. 
I never saved anything for the swim back. All right, that is the quote for this week. We will play it once again at the end of the podcast and reveal it at the beginning of the next episode. Time to move on to our news segment for this week. Starting us off uh, with the Disney Plus Percy Jackson series, it was announced who was cast as Percy Jackson. Uh, Walker Scubo. Wait, is that right? Walker Scubo, who most recently starred in The Adam Project, has been cast as Percy Jackson. And we gave a review of that uh that movie on netflix and go check it out if you want to get uh, our thoughts there uh though i i can't say i was a huge fan of him in that film per se I he did him. i think better at the beginning of the film and, and yeah we mentioned <laughs> that in our podcast but yeah well this will be a, a a next step for him not sure if it's a good or bad step by the the casting folks here but uh hopefully he does a great job and we get a great percy jackson because that's we failed to have that in, in the movies uh, so far I, I was think. about to say, can we? Can you do any worse than what has already been done? <laughs> Pro- probably, I mean, probably not. I mean, I, I don't think Logan Lerman was the best choice, but I mean, if this kid, I mean, they didn't cast him till after Adam Project came out and people had watched it for a while. And if this kid's acting ability as Peter or as Percy is anything like it was when he was Mini Ryan Reynolds. I am going to be not pleased. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see whenever that comes out in the next few years. But I don't know. I, I don't. Thankfully, they don't have a high bar to cross. And so, yeah, hopefully they can get above the bar. But, you know, sometimes people don't, they don't even get to below the bar. It's they're all the way down, <laughs> still at the ground, waiting to do a pull up. But we'll have to wait and see. Moving on, we got uh, an official, yeah, it was, I would say this is the first trailer. We had gotten some teasers for it before, but we got a first official trailer for Stranger Things Season 4. And I thought it was, I thought it was actually pretty cool. Um, I felt like it gave us, yes, yeah, something that the teasers didn't really give us. I mean, we still really have no idea exactly what's going on. There's going to be so many different stories to tell here, right? Because there's just so many characters now that are involved uh, in, in Stranger Things. But uh, I, th- I think we just got a great look at uh, at what's gonna what is happening and it's very intriguing still no idea what's going on exactly like i mentioned but i'm excited i actually was uh, on the opposite side i I wasn't as excited um Ah. don't get me wrong it it looked really cool it looked really awesome it looks like there's going to be some some nice action some nice intrigue uh really quick i do want to theorize hopper is not going to leave the prison for the at least the entire first half of episodes that we're going to watch totally stuck there which mm-hmm. i'm like well that's a waste um but the thing that i don't like about it is like uh, i don't think this is going to be stranger things at this point i think it's going to be like kind of a marvel-y action horror horror action um that has all the characters and setting from stranger things but it's not going to be uh that stranger things feel that we uh, were used to and that you know we definitely critiqued um, in our podcast about that. So I, I was I less excited because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think it's going to be Stranger Things. I think it'll be entertaining, but I don't think it's going to be Stranger Things. And, and that's going to hurt my soul. And one of the same, those same vibes, especially from the first one you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. It, look, it very looks like they've uh, upped all the stakes and all the scales of least budget wise, because it seems like they're going to be doing a lot more. But I, I can understand the vibe you're getting of like, oh, it feels more show stoppy than like a self-contained story. We, li- so. we like stakes though. We're happy when there's, when there's high stakes, but now you're yeah. thinking maybe they're going into this kind of multiversal level stuff that Marvel's doing. Everything 
really everyone's trying to copy Marvel nowadays. I, I feel like with just the success that they've had. And so uh, Stranger Things might be doing that here, but it, it could still be that entertaining story, which which is what I'm I'm hoping for. Oh, well, yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's supposed to be, you know, what makes it so charming is the small town feel is the the localness of it that it's like, hey, when someone dies here, this is a big I, this is a big deal. Mm. But now I think it's just so grand that it's like, man, it's all over the world and like all these people are going to die and nobody really cares. But it was like, man, when someone died in the first season, like this big time, poor Barb, you're like, well, actually, no, no. one cared. No one cared about Barb. Tell you the truth. That's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was Barb. sad. I, I, I watched it many years later before um, I found about the what was it? What was Barb. the what was that? The thing called what it was like save barb or remember barb or, or something barb, like that's still like a, alive that that's the meme it's barb yeah, is still yeah, there, alive. yeah there's but there was like a movement for it where everyone's like man barb got no justice <laughs> kind yeah, of like thing remember like, barb type thing i have to look that up they, they did they give dig in season two they did rectify it with the uh, yeah the that's true they so, did so there was did. justice for barb but maybe not from her friends yeah <laughs> nobody cared but i was i was just gonna say i'm i'm, I'm really hoping just for for some death in these new season, like they gotta kill you got, like some characters. Yeah, it's 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 almost like a Game of Thrones. You got like fifty plus characters. They can't all share the screen at the same time. So I think you just gotta start like taking an axe and one by one. Like I don't know, the Demogorgon kills this person or this person, or it's like if they, if they were to kill off one of the kids, like it'd be really sad. But I think I don't know. Like I think it would simplify some of the problems I think we had with Stranger Things as it's gone on. Uh, I was gonna just say kill somebody. I, I was gonna say they could kill Will's brother, right? But that would be kind of super harsh on the mom, right? Because she's already gone Ooh. through basically the death of her kid, so they might not do that. But I'm like, ah, I think they can kill off that guy. I think it's okay. I'd like, I, I'd, I'd be fine if they killed Lucas's sister. Um, <laughs> That's sad. I'd be fine if they killed. Uh, what's what's his name? What's the main kid's name? I can't. Uh, Mike. Remember. Mike. Yeah. Mike, if they kill yeah, Mike, I'm okay with that. I'd be fine if they killed Mike. Um. Can't kill Steve or Dustin though. Can't nah. kill Steve or Dustin. They'll kill Eleven. They'll probably. I, yeah. I wonder if they kill uh, the the theory guy. I can't remember his name now. Right? Oh, the crazy uh, theory guy. Russian. He can speak Russian. Murray. Uh, Murray. Right. Is that Murray? Murray. Okay. Yes. So yes. Uh, they'll probably kill off him. Is is my guess? And he'll go out with a bang. And he'll be like, "This is what I was meant to do." You know, just something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's that's an easy one to kill yeah, off. Yeah, it's an easy, though, easy you know? kill. Easy, easy kill. kill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Stranger Things season four first part comes out in uh, a little over a month. Yeah, and it'll be that two part. So once in uh, release in May for the part one, and release in in July for part two. Uh, we're gonna move forward to our last bit of news. We finally got a long-awaited trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder. Teaser uh, we talked about teaser teaser trailer. But uh, we, we talked about how last week it set a record for the, the gap between movie released and trailer released. But now the, the people's voices have been heard and we got our first look at uh, Thor, Thor 4. Yeah, the thing with teasers is there's really no beginning, middle, end, right? That's kind of the whole point of the trailer, like an actual trailer that's, you know, over two minutes long. So th this teaser is just like kind of shots of what's going on. But again, zero idea of what's going on what's the plot they don't show the villain at all uh right so i mean it was it was nice to get something right to know that hey we are actually going to get this movie and it's not just some some fake out right <laughs> um but uh <laughs> i i can't say i can't say i i loved it either like it, it just kind of was like oh uh, okay you know cool music but mm. i know the title is thor love and thunder 
but I just wasn't digging the whole Thor pacifist thing. I'm like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything with my, it's like, I got to discover myself. And it's like, I thought we already did this in Thor Ragnarok, but now you're kind of like <laughs> discovering yourself again. And so I don't know if I'm digging the whole like Thor's like, yeah, I don't want to do anything anymore. Cause I feel like he would be, he's a character that it's like, he's going to do something with his life. But now I feel like they might be building him up to like, oh, he doesn't really, he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to live my life, have he's, fun, party. Like he's just going to guard him like basically, Thanos, <laughs> you know, guard like, him like Thanos. But I almost feel like he's turning into, like, Party Thor from What If, which isn't a bad episode, but, like, that's what I feel like this character, like, he's not meant to be that. And so mm-hmm. I didn't love that whole uh, just, you know, go go live in some trees, go have some, some stupid adventures. I didn't love that whole vibe from this trailer. Same. I had a about an hour-long conversation with my fiancé where I just ranted about how <laughs> much Marvel, the MCU, has screwed over Thor as a character. And was it yeah, more I, was it a conversation was not, or was it more just a event? A it, it was yeah, more okay. a rant. <laughs> yeah, like no, <laughs> yeah. I uh yeah, I was I was not pleased with the trailer. I I didn't see anything like worth watching in this. I'm like I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with like Jane Foster like having the hammer or whatever, I guess, but it just feels so contrived. It just like it feels I'm, like a this forced. isn't a yeah, I'm like, this isn't a story about Thor. Like, I, I want to watch a movie about Thor. And like, and then they're like, Guardians of the Galaxy are in there too. And I don't like them being sidelined. I want them to have their own thing. And they will. And, and they will. But yeah. Yeah, I know. But it's like, I don't like the buddy cop kind of thing that Marvel does all the time now. Um, like, it was cool in Ragnarok because that was like, that was kind of the first, I mean, I guess they did it in Civil War, but it was like, that was kind of one of the first times you actually see like people getting together outside of the Avengers in a different way. And it's just overplayed. Yeah. You feel like it's, it's, it's it, when the common becomes, when the sacred becomes common, it's no yes. longer sacred. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think I just also, I, I'm never, Thor's supposed to be cool in my mind, not an idiot. And I'm, everyone's like, oh, but he's like, he he's like discovering himself and that's so cool. And I'm like, that's bull crap. Like we don't want to see Thor discovering himself. Like, okay, this is what I was, yeah, this is what I was going to say. Cause remember I talked about this, like, you know where I'm like, Oh, we're going to see superhero uh, rom-coms and superhero horror. And I was, this is a superhero coming of age story. That's what Marvel is doing right now. It's not going to be a superhero movie. It's, it's like a drama. And I'm like, I'm not here for this. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a funny, it's a, it's a rom, it's a comedy, comedy drama. Comedy drama. Uh, 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 yeah. What was it? A, a comma. I don't know. What the comma. Dramedy. Dramedy. There we go. There we go. Um, couldn't he have figured that out like in the 1500 years that he was already alive? You know, <laughs> like you got a lot of time to figure this stuff out, dude. Like, and maybe he didn't have any tragic events, tragic enough events to cause him to rethink his life. Right. I want to go home and rethink my life. Um, Obi-Wan. Um, but like, uh, I, I, yeah, I told, I totally feel that. I totally feel that. I mean, I will say I, I'm loving, I love the color uh, that they're bringing to this. It very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like an 80s vibe. Where, yeah, where you get the 80s vibe, a lot of color, a lot of brightness. They're traveling to a lot of different planets and you see that and that's cool. Um, and I, I love actually when Thor is wearing, he's got the new suit and he's got the, the animal the height, on it. you know, off, off animal height cape, you know, off his shoulders. 
and it just makes him look big. I mean, he, he got for Chris Hemsworth got freaking huge for this movie, bigger than he's uh, ever been as Thor. So I like that. I don't like his whole yeah '80s kind of copying Star uh, Star Lord vibe with the jacket, right? I, I liked him with this new uh, this new suit and the animal hide that he's got off his shoulder. So I'm gonna run with that. But yeah, I, I, all the guys, all the concerns you guys are bringing up, totally valid. It's like, what are you, what are you doing here? What are you doing, Speak, Marvel? Speaking of costumes, though, I do think Jane Foster's Thor looks really good. Helmet like, looks sick. It's 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 a lot more like obviously it's straight from the comics, but it looks a lot more like classic Thor, which we've never really gotten at all in the MCU. So I think sure. her costume looks good. Uh, I was gonna say also, it looks like they they go to uh, uh, Olympus, and we're gonna have Olympus. I forgot Russell Crowe is yeah. in this movie as Zeus. <laughs> I forgot so too. <laughs> you you see him for a split second there, and so I'm like, oh guess we're opening it up i guess also with moon knight with more gods in the universe mm-hmm. other than just norse mythology but i really hope we do get to see that something i do think thor uh, love and thunder could do is like a bring in hercules if you're going to be in Heck yeah. uh, olympus hercules is kind of like a rival to thor he's kind of also like a they're, they're similar characters so i think that would be an interesting character to see and also like a, a different dynamic of kind of almost like here's a different thor but I also, for sure, I want to see Beta Ray Bill because it looks like they go back to Sakaar in the trailer and it's like, just give us Beta Ray Bill because that also would be awesome to see Beta Ray Bill. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'll say to her, yeah, Thor and Hercules are similar, right? Especially uh, in the comics. And I think Thor at the beginning, at the, the first Thor movie, that was probably the most similar uh, to Hercules uh, that... Uh, in that comparison, right? Hercules has a big ego, right? And, he, and he's like, yeah, I'm the strongest, very similar to what Thor was in his first movie. But now Thor is going all, let me guard him like Thanos, right? And so very different <laughs> than, than Hercules. And so I'm like, ah, dang, like, I, I, don't, I don't love that. I don't want him to be super egotistical like Hercules because that's, you know, Hercules' MO. He needs to find this, this middle ground where he can still be noble and fight but not be as egotistical uh, as he was previously, though I love Henry, Henry Cavill to come in as Thor, as Hercules and just beat the crap out of uh, Garden Gardner Thor. That would be so sick. <laughs> anyway, I think that was a funny part for me. What I you I saw when what's it? Why am I Chris Pratt? There we go. And like I, maybe it was just in the few seconds, but I was like I was just kind of looking at him and I'm like, uh, it looks like he doesn't want to be here. Like just him as an actor. Well, and I don't know. Character, maybe character change. Maybe he doesn't look like as as free loving, fun loving partier as he was before because now he has this rival in Thor that's kind of taking over that this that kind of mantle. And he's like, what the heck? Like this is my team, and you're just kind of interrupting it all. I, I was just thinking like the actor I met was like. Oh, maybe, I'm like, saying well, maybe like, that's that's what he's portraying his as man, character. Maybe, maybe he's know, just though. a good actor. Yeah, yeah no, because speaking of Thor's wardrobe, it looks like he's like that outfit, that 80s outfit he has. I think Total he, he probably just stole that, stole it from uh, uh, Star-Lord's, Star-Lord's clothes. Peter Quill. Yeah. Just went through his Quill. wardrobe and he's like, this looks good, but. Yeah. So yeah, not, not, I'm not very excited. Maybe, maybe a, a trailer will will change things. Yeah, it's, but, a te- uh, it's a teaser. It's a teaser. It doesn't give you much, uh, much of anything. Just kind of showing that it's there. But if they brought in like a villain, if they bring in uh, the God Butcher, right, in, in, in the next trailer, some sort of tease with that, um, it just, it adds a, a different element instead of the, just the fun party love gardening vibe, you know. Also, I'm not hating on gardening. I like, like, gardening's great. We had a garden growing up and fresh lettuce and fresh veggies <laughs> are awesome. Nothing wrong with that. But Thor is not a gardener. 
you know, he, he's Thor's the he, god of thunder, god of the thunder. prince of Asgard. So, anyways, I just want to get at that. Yeah, so that's kind of, I guess, our thoughts on the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. But with that, that wraps up our news segment. Before we dive into our topic, we got to talk about Moon Knight episode three and four because it's been a few weeks. I think we're going to have a lot to say about episode four. So let's talk about episode three a little bit. What were your guys' thoughts? Uh, definitely, I think the the weakest one of the the series so far, but but not a bad one. Um, it was a bit random. Um, I felt like they just started killing people for no reason kind of thing. Um, and it was like, wait, you're kind of friends with all these people. Like, there, there's a way that this could go down a lot better. Um, but I, I enjoyed seeing... I guess I enjoyed seeing Mark in control a lot more uh, just to see his personality. See, I, I had the, well, I shouldn't say I had the opposite effect, but like it was good to be more, for Mark to be in control. Cause then we do get to see his personality, but I'm on team Steven over here where Boo. I like Steven a lot more than I love <laughs> Mark. Like I know Steven can't fight, which is like, you know, Moon Knight's supposed to be able to fight, but like Steven, he's a lot more, I feel like he's a lot more, has a lot more of a quirky personality and he actually, he's useful and isn't an idiot like Mark sometimes. And so I enjoyed seeing like, okay, this is what make Mark Spector Mark, like seeing those things. But I think it drew a very interesting contrast to be like him and Steven are on polar opposites and Mark isn't always right all the time. Cause I think in the first two episodes, you're kind of just like, just give the body to Mark so he can do his thing and save you. But I think it really shows episode three why I enjoyed it. It showed a lot more of Mark's flaws, which I think uh, was really good for his character development to be like, this guy is not perfect. So this is why this is why he's not being handed over the body all the time. See, I actually I liked episode three just because we got a little more action, right? Not a ton of action in the first one, a little more action in the second, most amount of action in the third. We got to see basically Moon Knight take like five javelins through his body and, and come out of it on top. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're seeing the, the level of toughness that Moon Knight can bring to the table. And so I, I definitely, definitely like that though. Yeah. I, I, I'm on Mark's side uh, for this though. I, I know we will get, um, there's the, the hints, right. That we're getting Steven because three guys or a couple guys got killed and Mark's like, I didn't kill him. And, of course, Steven didn't kill him. So I'm mm -hmm. excited to see this third personality. And maybe that's the personality that I'm going to all be on board with because he's, he's, he's the street level type of, uh, type of dude. And he's still pretty bad a, and, and can kill some dudes. So maybe I'll run with Jake Lockley, that third personality. But yeah, I, I like the third, I like the third episode and, and like where it's going so far. Just very intriguing love the the story in Egypt and yeah it just doesn't feel so marvelly like a lot of other things that we've seen in the past. I think that's my favorite part about it too is I'm like, hey, this is you know, you can you can taste the marvel but it doesn't feel marvel. It feels fresh. Um I think one other thing that I I like seeing everybody all the other gods show up and it's like, oh okay, shoot, we got like this whole ground council or whatever. But the thing for me that was weird I'm like they're like Harrow's. He's like Harrow's a bad guy, and oh, they're yeah. like, we we don't have any proof. Like, Let's it's ask very him. Episode Harrow, are you doing episode this? Episode one. No. See, you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very episode one, uh, Phantom Menace, where it's like, uh, uh, this is ridiculous. You have no proof. <laughs> and it was like, actually, we do yeah, have all this proof. And it's proof. like, well, why don't you just follow Harrow? Like, here, I'll show you what he's doing. And then everyone's like, oh, look at this. Like, we should have taken the claim seriously. True. Yeah. But, no. 
the the Egyptian gods aren't the smartest. They ain't the they brightest really bulbs. Yeah. That's it for episode three for me. Okay. So let's move into episode four. That twist ending. Okay. I know we're going to get into the twist, but before we get to that, I think I really enjoyed episode four because it basically did Indiana Jones and the mummy, you know, like <laughs> it had that, that, that fun vibe of adventure and like, I don't know, like I had still like the mysticism, but like, I felt like it was just, you know, it was a straight up, you know, adventure serial from those times. And I'm like, I really enjoy this, uh, before they get to the twist. And I think it was just really interesting to, to see, I think you, you develop more Layla's relationship with Mark and Steven and also her relationship with her father. So I think you have some good character uh, progression right there. You also kind of get that horror vibe mm -hmm. with uh, the mummy creature cutting out the organs and putting them <laughs> in the jars. <laughs> yeah, and so you, you have all of that, and then it kind of ends in the, the culmination of the, of the twist. But I, I really enjoyed this first step part of the episode with the Indiana Jones vibe and just the adventure vibe I think uh, Moon Knight has been going towards. And can we talk about uh, Arthur Harrow um, just as a villain, right? He he hasn't, like, done a ton as far as, like, maybe your typical villain where they're, uh, you know, they're taking over the world or, or they're just beating, beating the good guys up, right? He's just kind of there and he's doing stuff, but he just, he provides a level of kind of creepiness that I'm like, ooh, you know, like, this, this guy's bad, right? And, and you get, even in the end of that third episode, where he was, you know, talking to Conchu and he's like, you know, you made me what I am. And you could see he's, he's like got this, this grit and an emotion towards him. So I, I'm really liking Arthur Harrow as a villain. Um, and when he like, you know, pops out and, and, um, is in that, uh, in the Egyptian cave area and, uh, Layla, I'm totally spaced on her name. Is it Layla? Yeah. yeah Layla. And then talks to Layla and tells her, you know, how her father died. I'm just like, oh man. I hate this guy. This dude's bad, you know? So I, I'm liking that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, honestly, I, I've enjoyed all the actors so far. Like I, Oscar Isaac is killing it. I've liked Layla. I've liked, um, Ethan Hawke, not Keanu. Why do I, I keep, keep thinking, uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke. There we go. <laughs> just, um, uh, I think they're doing great. Um, and I, I, I liked the, not the intrigue so much, but I, I think I'm with Nate, just the adventure aspect of it a little bit more. And and I'm also a little more team Steven in the sense that I'm like, Boo. oh, like he's just more normal. But I also can't stand how awkward he is. And so, and that he can't really fight. Like when Mark showed up at the end and just like, you know, axed three people. <laughs> it was like, okay, we, we needed a little bit more of that. Um, but yeah, I was, I, it was very intriguing the whole time. I'm like, okay, what are the creatures going to be? What's going on and, and, and how are they going to get through this? And it was, it was very simple though. You know, it wasn't too extravagant and I, I appreciated that. Okay. Let's talk about the twists. What's going on. Did, how would you, what were you guys thinking when it first happened with the, the whole mental hospital? What was your guys' thoughts and feelings? I got, I got no idea. Tell you the truth. I got no idea. And I didn't look anything up to look into it more. Um, and I, I probably will, uh, now, but I also kind of like this, this feeling that I have of like, what's going on? What are they going to do? And I just, it's just totally going into the darkness of anything could happen. So I, I, I like that. And it's, it was weird. And I, I, yeah, again, I don't see the connection. Um, and Arthur Harrow, I think of even, even worse when he's, you know, asking Mark all the questions <laughs> in the, in a, in the insane asylum 
right? Or, or, or whatever this place is. And yeah, I, I'm curious to see where it goes. Obviously, yeah, Mark got shot twice and quote unquote died. Though remember, Moon Knight can bring him back to life over and over and over. Uh, excuse me, not Moon Knight. Khonshu can bring it back Khonshu, over which... and over and over. However, Khonshu is dead. So it's like, wait, what's going on? Right. So I, I think initially I was wondering, like, oh, is this flashback? Is this how we're going to actually see, uh, like, where, like, what's the backstory of Mark and Stephen and why he has multiple personalities? Um, but then I think this is more just, you know, Harrow shoots him, but he can't die. And so it's like he's trying to judge him. So he's in, like, this weird judgment world thing of Amit. Um, but then, obviously, Mark kind of figures and they can't die because even though Khonshu's gone, like the power is still there. And so now they're like in a weird kind of, kind of a mind palace to, to use Sherlock Holmes that they're trying to escape out of, to come back to life kind of thing. That, that's what I think. That's yeah, pretty I good. I could idea. see that, th- that theory that it's just all in his mind because he has a disassociative identity disorder. And like, I, I did really enjoy in the whole sequence of like, you know, it, it gives you the hint of the idea that, this is maybe it's he's been in this mental hospital the whole time because it has the show and then other characters like his boss was also in there and Layla was just a person. And there's actually so many different references to be like, oh, this is how uh, he maybe just dreamed it up. Because there is a, a run of the Moon Knight comics, which sw- switches back and forth between kind of like this, like the adventure, but then like back into Mark in a mental hospital and kind of makes you question like, what is reality? Is he actually living this? Is it all in his head? While I do think that is a good theory that it could be all in his head, I have seen a different theory that I think I agree with a little bit more. Because, um, you know, obviously at the end we see uh, the, oh, we see the giant hippo, the hippopotamus, which, fun fact, Oscar Isaac in an interview with uh, Jimmy Fallon right before Moon Knight came out played the hippopotamus song and everyone's like, he was referencing it the whole time, which is <laughs> it's been really funny. <laughs> But uh, the hippopotamus is supposed to be like the goddess of fertility called like Tothoret or something. Ta- I ta- probably mispronounced that. T-A-W-E-R-E-T. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce that one. And so, and uh, my other, my, the where I'm going with this theory, because also in the very first episode, do you remember how uh, that little girl said like, oh, did it hurt for you getting rejected, re- rejected from the, the field of reeds? And he's like, well, how can I have gotten rejected if I'm not dead, am I? Like. I could see this as he is in kind of like the Egyptian underworld right now. That's why the <laughs> hippo's there. That's why he can see mm. his other personality. And obviously his brain is still splintered because of his multiple personalities. But I could see him being in like the underworld right now. And he kind of has to rise his way up to back into reality. Because right now he is in the Snap underworld. Back to reality. Whoop, the ghost gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a little Eminem for you, but I, I could see him either being, yeah, I could see him in the underworld and trying having to rise his way up, or he could be dead and stuck in the underworld, and then he has to come back to life through the power of Conchu. I well, like, that'd be I cool. Think I, I'd like that. Both those get obviously. I didn't have any. I didn't have any theories because I was just want to kind of sit in the dark for a little bit. But I like. I liked both those. Uh, both those theories. Though I'm kind of bummed that Mark and Stephen won't actually be separate right they'll always still be in the one body which is a little fortunate i'm also pretty sure that that third sarcophagus that was shaking that's the third personality right that's got to be that's got to be jake lockley there so uh yeah but really like how's this gonna play out in episode five and six i've heard some some pretty cool things about episode five probably gonna be the the most dark and gritty uh show or, or excuse me episode that we'll have gotten that Marvel's done. So that'll be interesting to see in that take. 
but uh, yeah, just looking forward to the rest of the uh, of the the series. Uh, and in, in most of the other series, we episodes two, three, or four is is where things really fall apart, um, and then they never really bring it back. Even though sometimes the finales are decent, so I, I I'm not I'm not having faith yet because there's, <laughs> Marvel has has consistently shown me that they they cannot deliver on these miniseries. So. Um, once it's all said and done, um, and the fat lady sings, uh, then I'll say whether it's good or not, but I have thoroughly enjoyed it up to this point. <laughs> I concur. That wraps up our thoughts on Moon Knight episodes three and four. It's time for us to finally dive into our topic. We're finally getting around to talking about the, the third Fantastic Beasts movie, The Secrets of Dumbledore. The third and potentially final movie, uh, yeah. uh of the series <laughs> here. Fantastic and Beasts. And so, uh. I do want to give some context for our listeners. There was some debate whether or not we should even review this just because it's, well, I don't want to jump the gun and give my opinion, <laughs> though you can probably tell by the tone of my voice uh, how I feel about it. But um, we did it. We did it because uh, we are big fans of the first one. We love the Wizarding World in general. Um, and so, uh, and it might be the last one, like Christian said. So we got to make sure to, to talk about it before it's all said and done. <laughs> Somebody want to give a summary real quick yeah. before we just start, I think, I'll, putting everything on the hammer? I'll give uh, the summary that I've pulled up here because, again, the pulled up summaries do much better than, than I. So you have Professor Albus Dumbledore knows the powerful dark wizard Grindelwald, Grindelwald is moving to seize control of the wizarding world. Unable to stop it alone, um, he entrusts Newt's commander to lead an intrepid team of wizards and witches. They encounter an, uh, an array of old and new beasts, and they clash with Grindelwald's growing legion of followers. Yeah, that kind of works. I think <laughs> I'm going to be the first to say it. It's a bad movie. It's, it's, a it's just a bad movie. And like, not like Michael Jackson bad, right? N- not that kind of bad. Just, <laughs> just the, not, the, not even Morbius bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is like the common the common definition of the word bad. If you look it up in the dictionary, <laughs> boom, this fits it right on. Yeah, right on the point. You know, and it's like, so I'm going to, a little bit of preface, like, I think all of us agree that Crimes of Grindelwald was, uh, it's, it's a very, it's not a, that one's, I think, Crimes of Grindelwald is a worse movie than this one. This one beats it by an edge, for me at least, oh, barely, see, uh, but not by see, much. See, I thought it, this like, one was tremendously worse than, I agree. than Crimes of Grindelwald. It was tremendously like, worse. I don't know. Like, see, here's my, my opinion is like, if I had to go back and watch one of them, which one am I going to watch? Neither. I'm probably going to watch neither. D. No, obviously, <laughs> neither. But Christian, it's a life or death situation. It's like you have to choose one of these two movies to watch or you're going to die. You gotta go, I'm, see, I'm going with crimes just because you got to, you, you got. Um, At least it made sense. Yeah, it, 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 it makes more <laughs> sense. It also has got uh, Cap, Captain Jack Sparrow, right? It's got Johnny Depp. Uh, so, and I like him more as, as Grindelwald for sure. Um, it, and, I mean, it has no climax. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Crimes of Grindelwald just kind of goes and goes and and just kind of ends. This one doesn't really. But this one, either, yeah, this though. one like <laughs> has a climax, it, but it's like just not. It's, it's kind of like wait, what happens? See, here's here's the thing. They're both equally confusing to me, and they're both equally not great. But this one, I feel like more stuff actually happens a little bit, even though it doesn't make sense than the other one. The other one, I felt like they focused all on the plot, and then they had no action. This one, they had half a slice of action, and I'm like, okay, that half a slice makes you better than Grindelwald, and I'd rather watch 
I'd rather have to watch this even though I wouldn't enjoy it than Grindelwald because Grindelwald, my brain will just kind of be, I think, wrapping around. And I think my big thing that I'm going to start off with is like, I really don't care about most of these characters, which is kind of sad. So for me, I would say the characters that I did care about, which were characters in the first film, I really enjoyed Newt and I enjoyed Jacob and then probably Tina because they're kind of all involved and they had their own Mm -hmm. thing. And I think the first movie did a good job of making you care about them and what's happening. Never really cared for Credence, but I don't know. That's kind of just me. Or like, Queenie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, you didn't really, there wasn't that emotional connection there. And so I felt like in the second one, Crimes of Grindelwald is supposed to make you care about these other characters, but you don't care about these other characters. And so that's why in this third one, you already don't really care about most people. And even I would say like Jude Law's Albus Dumbledore you don't really care about that much, even though he is the main character in this movie. Like he is the main character. I would say Newt completely gets sidelined, which is one of my biggest issues of like Newt doesn't really get a chance to do much. And it's like, he feels like he shouldn't be there. Like it doesn't make sense for him to be there. Well, uh, Dumbledore didn't really feel like no one really felt like a main character to me. Right. There was just like, there was no main character. (laughs) There was only side characters going on plots that were irrelevant two hours into the movie. And then at the end of the movie, (laughs) uh, Grindelwald is supposed to become the leader of the wizarding world, which not really sure how that was working either. They're just like, Oh "Oh, yeah, we're going to vote for the person that's going to lead the wizarding world. And we're like, wait, what the heck? Also the international confederation. Where did that come from? That (laughs) that was just totally random. And Oh yeah. Here's another thing. I didn't know this. This movie is supposed to take place five years after crimes of Grindelwald. Oh wow. What? Yeah. I looked it up and it's like crimes of Grindelwald. is like, it's takes place in 1827 and it's now 1832. And so it's been, it's been several years, which they did not clarify at all. But also it's like, I think that's supposed to be the build up to the election because it's like, oh, things have changed in the last few years. But they gave no mention to that at all. But apparently mm-hmm. this is several supposed to take place. Few, yeah, like basically a few years after uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, which I think only adds to the confusion. And also maybe I just missed it at the beginning or something. But I had no idea this was about an election for Grindelwald yeah. until like midway through the movie. I'm like, wait, that's what he's trying to do? That's why they got the weird... Like the whole thing where it's like, oh, it only bows to like the pure of heart. I'm like, okay, that's random, mm-hmm. but okay. And then they're like, oh, and actually it's the most important creature ever in determining who becomes the leader of the wizarding world. I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. That was not talked about at well, all. What was so weird was before they had mentioned, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the, the, the character here. Oh, um, Anton Vogel, um, who's like, I guess the ministry the, of the German magic guy? of Germany. Yeah. So he's like, oh, no, well, obviously I don't want him to take over because that would be bad. Right. But we have to let the people vote. Right. So guess what? The people <laughs> don't vote and the creature decides for him. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, what? exactly. You're like, what? <laughs> so that was just, uh, yeah. And like, I don't know, I get and don't get like why Grindelwald like wanted to be this leader. Right. You can kind of like relate it to the whole Hitler thing where, yeah, Hitler became a political figure and got power that way and was able to use that to try and commit, you know, destruction and genocide. Right. So I guess that was Grindelwald's type of move here. But also like you're a wizard and you have powers like and you're gathering followers. Just 
use those followers to do what you want to do, just like Voldemort did, right? He wasn't trying to take political power, though he did control the Ministry of Magic and 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 used a head to have propaganda, right? So yeah, I guess there is a little bit of similarities there. But like, dude, just got power and just do what just do what you want to do and try and take over using magic. And uh, I don't know, yeah. And I I think that like I don't mind him trying to take political power, but it mm-hmm. just it wasn't what they were going for at all. I felt like until like, well, if you look at like in the end of the second one, for for all its qualms, like he's just trying to sow dissent. You know, he's just trying to like rise up a little bit and be something special. But then all of a sudden that he's like, cause everyone's like, Oh, he's crazy. He's a criminal. And then in the next movie to be like, actually you're pardoned of all your crimes. In fact, why don't you run for office? This sounds See, like, like I'm that, like, there was no proof. They said <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> like no proof. a little bit of a jump, right? Because yeah, I can understand where, okay, whatever they pardon him of all his crimes, right? He's had, he has that evil influence. Uh, so he, he can do that. Okay, cool. But then to run, to let him to run for, for, for office, like that's just like a million steps, uh, you know, just skipping everything, right? Like what, what on earth? And I think something this movie really lacked, especially with Grindelwald and also with the casting change, like Crimes of Grindelwald tried to show like, oh, he has some sort of charming Mm. charisma to him to be like, this is why people follow him. This one, it doesn't, they don't you only really see him be ruthless and evil. And I don't really feel like you see him be like a charming leader that people would be like, yeah, I want to follow this guy. It's more of just like, yeah, I'm a cool dude. You're going to have to follow me cause I'm going to win. And so like, and I feel like, especially with Mads Mikkelsen, like it's just Mads Mikkelsen being Mads Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. which sometimes it's great. I, I think in certain roles, he works very well. I did not think this role suited him as all at all. And it just kind of felt like he was just kind of phoning it in. And also like, you couldn't even tell. He had two different eyes, I felt like, half the time. Like, no. he didn't look like Grindelwald nah. had looked before at all. And so, like, I feel like that really failed to show the charisma of Grindelwald and why people actually are like, oh, we want him in power. Like, I don't feel like they made any argument to be like, oh, this is why people follow him. It's more of just like, he's just doing his thing and people are like, we love you. And it's like, well, why do you love me again? Like, that didn't make sense yeah. at all. Uh, Go for it, Teach. I am. Well, yeah, and I, I think that... It it harkens back to Grindelwald as a character. No, no, none of them could beat Colin Farrell. You know, just kind of like yeah, no, yeah. the raw, the raw anger mm-hmm. and the frustration and the scheming, but also that kind of like you know charisma where he convinces yeah. credence to do things. It was like Johnny Depp couldn't do. Johnny Depp was just a really weird guy. You mm-hmm. know, he had the charisma. I would say like the convincing, like join me, my brothers and, and yeah, sisters. Like a little like bit of a mess. That. You know, a little little bit of a menace. Mm-hmm. Right. And Mads Mikkelsen was just just a bad guy. It was like, there's nothing to him. Like, he, I, I wouldn't follow this guy to, like, try and take over the Wizarding World unless I was scared he was going to, like, torture my wife and kids or something. Yeah, like he, yeah he really just did, didn't show a lot of emotion as Grindelwald, right? And uh, especially comparatively to the Grindelwalds of the past two Fantastic Beasts films, right? And again, like Nate said, Mads, he definitely has the villain type of role and he's done the villain type of role well in in other things, but he's really one dimensional, right? And that one dimension did not transfer over to to Grindelwald uh, at Mm -hmm. at all, right? And and I want to like, just go back just a little bit to what I was saying before and maybe like take it back in in a sense that, okay, I see where they could have gone with this whole story of trying to gather followers and then take political power and then be voted and then 
Like I can see how that might have worked, but they did not explain a lick of it. Right. And they, they tried to do everything too fast. Um, and it's weird. They tried to do everything too fast, but then also it was too slow at the same time. You know? So like, I think Newt says it really best at the beginning of the movie when he gets everyone together. Cause they're like, Grindelwald can see the future. So that means the way we're going to beat him is through confusion. And we're going to do 20 <laughs> things at once so that he is confused. But reality, what's happening is the audience is confused because it's like, wait, so half of these things like Dumbledore is like, well, you're all still alive and that's great. But it's like half the things you were doing didn't really make sense or really help. And so we as an audience is confused trying to figure out the plan because I guess kind of towards the end, I could see like, oh, they're going to get the real chilling so that they can say he's a liar. But most of the time you're like, what you're doing right now isn't really going to make a difference or make sense to any, any of us as the audience. And so it's just kind of like everybody's running around screaming and you're like, why are we screaming? But no one's telling you why everyone's screaming. And that just describes how we as the audience feels. Can we talk for a second about uh, whatever the brother's oh. name, Lestrange's, uh, whoever Letta Lestrange's brother is, who's supposed uh, to infiltrate? Yama, what's, yeah. What, what was his, yeah. I don't even know his name. Wait, who are you guys talking about? I'm, I'm confused here. Uh, the guy who was infiltrating, um, oh, uh, yeah, Yusuf. Yusuf Kama. Yusuf Kama. Yusuf, okay, so. Yeah, what's going on there? He, what? Like, what the heck? Like, everybody, you're like. We know you're we know you're a good guy. Grindelwald knows you're a good guy. Now that you're infiltrated, what did you end up doing? Oh, nothing. You just like zapped five other wizards like at the very end. It was like, "Oh, thanks for infilt- infiltrating Grindelwald." Like, now that you've done it, nothing has changed. Like, like he's, he <laughs> was, was just- good, but but he was bad, but good and Grindelwald could see it. So uh, it, that was just again more and nobody more cared. Confusion. He didn't do anything. More confusion, but yeah, he just took out a couple guys, and and that was about it. Mm. In fact, none of them did anything. The only one who actually did anything. Okay, so I guess uh, what's her name? The other professor. Um, uh, she did stop an assassination, and then the other uh, what? His assistant. What was her name? Bundy. Bundy. There we go. Bundy. Right. Bundy. Bundy. Bunty, 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 Bunty made uh, the copies of the suitcase, the, the, yeah, the, the case, the suitcase. Briefcase. Those were the only things that anybody did that actually had any sort of consequence. And the entire movie is spent with them trying to accomplish these things. And I'm just like, that's what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't really make sense. You don't really care about the characters. No. And what they do is kind of boring. Like, yeah. it's really boring. I, it's really boring. And like the thing, it's like, can we not just get like a normal wizard duel? Cause I know technically Dumbledore and Credence kind of fight and then Dumbledore and Grindelwald kind of fight, but it's like, they do the weird dreamscape thing where it's like, it was all in their mind. And it's like, yeah, it was, that's it was not the mirror a dimension <laughs> from Dr. Strange. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not a wizard duel. It's like literally just have people like fight each other. The only time people actually fight each other is that half second when, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Theseus, uh, Hicks is the professor's name, Hicks, and then Kama. Right. They all fight people for about five seconds, like the guards, mm-hmm. and that's the only time people actually really fight. Everything else is people running away and hiding. Like mm-hmm. that's really about it. And so it's like they don't even deliver on an action point. And it's like, well, you have this cool, really world where you can do a lot of cool fights with the magic. And it's like you don't take advantage of any of that. I also felt like they were trying so hard to 
to make make it a fantastic beast thing by just adding kind of throwing in all these <laughs> just throwing right. them in there yeah. yeah but to be fair though i do it like worked the in the prison place kind of yeah like i don't know like I do, even though it didn't make sense for the beasts to be in there, I do like seeing the different creatures. Then it's like, okay, that's mm-hmm. a little bit of a charm. That's, that's one of the positives I'll give this movie. It's like, I think the creatures look cool. And I'm like, okay. Like, they yeah. may not make sense, but they could look cool at least. And I, I can get behind that a little bit. And, and here's the other thing. The movie's called The Secrets of Dumbledore. But there were no secrets. Like, His secrets were they're trying the- to confuse Grindelwald, who can see into the future. But wait, we didn't even explain how Grindelwald could see into the future because he killed the children and saw the blood. Like that, that was, yeah. I think the secret was confusion, but it wasn't a secret because we were all thoroughly confused. Yeah. And maybe it's supposed to like be, be referencing like, oh, Dumbledore is gay and he kind of has to hide that his whole life. But like. I feel like they don't even. But really we already fo- all knew that. That's not a secret. <laughs> we already all knew that, but I feel like they don't even focus on it. Or maybe it's supposed to be like, oh, they secret. Uh, his brother Aberforth secretly had a child, and it's like, yeah, there's not really a focus on the secrets. Like, it's not like because of those actions, it led to all of this. Like, it also doesn't, like it said, doesn't really make sense. Yeah, is yeah. Wait, can but can for real? Can someone explain to me? How Grindelwald could see into the future was that because he killed the chillin' and could looked at the blood yeah. of the chillin'? See that the blood. See that just wasn't. I thought he'd clear. Okay, yeah, I thought that I had to do with the previous movie where he had like the giant vape thing, and then that showed World War Two. I thought he got powers from that stuff. Oh. That was that was what I assumed he could see the well, future. No, because he cut he cut the blood, and then he looked into the blood, and he could see things. Was that? Oh, I, I just yeah, I just assumed he killed the chillin' so you could bewitch mm-hmm. it, but. That also works too, but that 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 my understanding was the whole thing from the last. Gotcha. Movie. Yeah. And here, here's the other thing. There's, I mean, regardless, whatever you see about Crimes of Grindelwald or even the first one, like I did, I did think there was some character development and there was some character conflict that like needed to be resolved. For example, like Credence joining uh, Voldemort. It's like, oh, like he's kind of unsure. Or Grindelwald. Voldemort, sorry, Grindelwald. <laughs> um, and you're like, oh, he's kind of unsure. But then in this one, it's like, nah, he he's he's fine. Just switching sides. This is really easy. And then the same thing with Queenie. Like, it's such a big deal for her to finally like, like she has to jump through the fire to purify herself or prove she's a true follower. And then at the very beginning of this movie, it's like, uh, actually, I maybe made a bad choice. And I'm like, <laughs> what kind of purifying fire was that? <laughs> Yeah, well, also, if they'd shown this is like five years later and it's been some time, I think that also might have been like, oh, people have had time to think. But once but again, I always, it's the same thing with Endgame, right? It's like, oh, well, all the things that don't make any sense, it's because it happened within five years and that's what made it made sense. It's like, nah, like, come on, don't, don't, the, don't cheat. The Credence thing really, like, we, again, we haven't even mentioned him and, and he was a big player in the past two films. And, I, I just felt like he was basically irrelevant in this too. Yeah. That's how like, I felt. Oh too. yeah. He's the like, son of Aberforth. Okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But like, yeah. And because it's all about. <laughs> that is true. It just was, I just felt like he was very, yeah, very irrelevant where he had just, he was the obscurus right before. And, and like now he kind of is, but he's more the human, but he, and it was using some of that obscurus power hair, against Dumbledore, but Dumbledore, just 
took him on with like Waste ease. Him. Like he's like, wow, yeah. this is like yeah, easier than doing cause... Wingardium Leviosa, you know? Um, so <laughs> it just uh, yeah, uh, Credence. Grindelwald's whole plan with Credence is be like, if I get another Dumbledore, then he can kill Dumbledore because then I mm-hmm. can't kill Dumbledore because of her whole blood oath thing. And it was, that was his whole plan. But then after like five seconds after Credence goes to take on Dumbledore, he's like, yeah, I changed my mind all of a sudden. And it's like, really? Like that was it. Also, I was going to say like, I didn't enjoy how like the whole, uh, the blood oath thing, yeah. like they're like, it's unbreakable. And then they right break the it. End. It's like, like, oh yeah. Why can't you just say, oh yeah, we can break it. Like it doesn't <laughs> add any stakes. We all know it's going to be broken because they have to fight eventually because they, they do fight. We know that from Harry Potter. And so it's like, why say it's unbreakable? And it was just, it, I don't know. It was just, it, it felt very lazy and it felt like there, there was no point to some characters. Or if you remove some characters from the movie, things still play out in the same way. Yeah, was, think- was just silly, lazy writing overall. Again, irrelevant to, to anything. They tried to like make it a big deal and then it was easily cast aside at, at the very end. And it's like, oh, because of this. And you're like, oh, dang, well. I wish we would have known that sooner, you know. Because <laughs> that was the thing for me is I thought the whole point of Grindelwald having the blood oath in like the second one was because he was afraid of Dumbledore. And so he didn't like, I thought you could just destroy it really easily if you just like smashed it basically. But he didn't do that because he was afraid of Dumbledore. Whereas in this one, so I thought at the end of the second one, it's like, hey, we got it. We can destroy it really easily and then you can fight. But instead it was like, oh, psych, it's unbreakable. I will say this, though. I did think it was super funny that, uh, uh, you know, they do the whole thing and then it breaks and then immediately they look at each other and it's just. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was like, OK, like I, I, that is exactly it's what like, would happen. It's but. like in Finding Nemo when the fish <laughs> just drops like there's a fish that just drops on the on the. Uh, oh, no, no. Excuse me. Where it, the, the yeah, the seagulls and, and the pelican, and the pelican's like, "Hey, oh. <laughs> hop into my mouth," and he's like, "Yeah, right, I'm not gonna do that." And he's like, but he hops in the mouth and or he moves, and then all of a sudden the seagulls just go, Whoa, and, 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 and go, mine, exactly. mine, That's mine. kind of what it was. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I I don't I can't think of anything in this movie that I really particularly liked. Um, I liked I did like the scorpion prison scene that was entertaining. Oh, um, I, I would I say for me, so I, I like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, I feel like that's kind of a staple in the Fantastic Beasts movie is Newt does something weird with creatures and you're like, okay, that makes sense. For it, was, it was a forced, it was a forced scene for me. I, I, though I recognize that it later, was a force it just scene. made a lot more sense in the other ones because it was one of his creatures that he was imitating. But now this is just this random creature and he's like, I'm going to test this theory out. And there's millions of these things and a huge one. And guess what? It's going to save us from dying. You know, just too forced mm. and convenient. I, I I do say, even though he does not need to be in the movie at all, Jacob, the muggle, like, he really does nothing in no. the movie. <laughs> and, like, he, he, like when they're like, we need you to come back, and it's like, you don't really need me at all. It's true, you don't. But I do enjoy having him there, because he was a character I did care about, and he's also funny, so, like, he also, has some funny lines. They got rid of Tina. What was up with that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It was like, I yeah, also, I thought they yeah. were going to do it. I thought the whole plan was like, oh, OK, maybe like the actress can't do it or whatever. And what they were going to do is because remember, she said like, um, oh, make six of the bags or whatever. And there was only five at the end. And I guess, you know, what they ended up doing was the six bags she had secretly hidden away or something. Um, but I thought um, what was going to happen is Tina was going to have it. And then she would show up at the end to save the day. And it was like, hey, I'm sorry, Newt. Like, this is why I've been 
like distant or whatever because this is the only way. But they didn't even do that. She was just chilling She's in like, America. Actually, I'm just, just gonna focus know. on my career right now. It's like <laughs> cop out. It's like I know there's like a, like a, a wizard who's gonna take over the world, but I, I'm kind of also. Busy. It was weird. I thought Theseus was the head of the Ars, but actually Tina was. No, you, no, so, no, no. So Tina is the head of the American Ors. Uh, Theseus is the head of the British oh, yeah, Ors. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I, actually, I was also she was gonna have Polyjuice Potion and, and turn out to be one of the girl, one of the bad gals, but actually it's been Tina the whole time. Something like that, but oh, no, that would have been didn't smart. do that either. Also, can, can we just say how the Wizarding World has the worst security of, of all time? All time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody can just walk in and do whatever they want anytime, kill anybody. Like, I'm like, if you wanted to assassinate someone, this is not a challenge <laughs> at all. Just apparate Avada Kedavra, apparate away. Like, why is there? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. What's another, another thing I was just going to say is like, I feel like, you know, Dumbledore and Grindelwald are supposed to have this big feud and like, you know, it's because of their past relationship. Felt like they didn't really focus on that at all. Or like, it didn't really show like concern on either side. Like Dumbledore, it didn't seem like Dumbledore was conflicted in any way, not, nor neither with Grindelwald. But I don't feel like it really. <laughs> it's it like didn't this really, is easy. I wanted to kill you for years. Too easy. Like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote from uh, from Red Alert. Uh, if you guys Red Alert. played it or know it, but I just kind of felt like you know they're supposed to have this big struggle because it's like oh we had this past, but like you don't even get a sense of that struggle, and it's just like yeah I'm doing my thing, you're doing your thing. Wish you could be on my side, but we can kill each other in two seconds. Like there was no tension between that at all, which I think also goes to show like, oh, this is Grindelwald, who's one of the most powerful wizards. But there's also Dumbledore, who's also one of the most powerful wizards. And it's like there should be like this momentum to this buildup of they have to fight, like let them fight. But uh, <laughs> there was fight. no buildup at all. <laughs> and it was just kind of like Dumbledore's like, yeah, I'm going to do my thing. And it's just like it felt very like. You didn't really, I feel like, you didn't really feel like, oh, sorrow for Dumbledore. Like, oh, he has to kill his, his former lover, his best friend. Like, there was none like, oh, he has to go against him. It was just kind of like, yeah, he's going against him. Like, I felt like there was no sh- conflict in that. So it was just kind of like, wh- what was the point of it? If calling it the secrets of Dumbledore for not building up to this huge big battle between them. I think that's just actually one of the challenges of wizarding fights in general, though, with action. Like, all the fights were literally just them, like, you know, basically force pushing everybody or stupefying everybody around. And they did a couple things where the clothes came out and, like, you know, tied up some people or whatever. But it's really hard to do a good wizard fight because what is a wizard fight but just who can come up with different spells to, you know, throw you off your game or something. And what made, in my opinion, the best wizarding fight so cool in the fifth Harry Potter between Dumbledore and Voldemort was they did all these different spells and different tactics to try and beat one another. Whereas like in Fantastic Beasts and then between Grindelwald and Dumbledore, it was just force push, force push, force push. And also, why is everybody getting up in everybody's grill so much? You know, it's like they're like swinging at each other while they're like sending a spell until they're like face to face, like trying to punch each other. I'm like, you have a wand, <laughs> bombard the ground or bombard his face. Like, you don't need to like get up and punch him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I totally hear you there, Teach. And just just with just with Dumbledore in general, I just didn't feel like he was Dumbledore. I just thought he was some some dude, but I just didn't get like the the Dumbledore vibes, right? I guess I didn't really get that in the last movie either. But like, I feel, I feel like Dumbledore is this, yeah, this prestigious leader, all world professor, just kind of a, a a head above everyone else. And I mean, yeah, maybe it takes time to get to that point, but like. 
I, I just didn't think this guy felt like Dumbledore. It was just some rando. But yeah, that, that, that was me. Yeah, and going back to the magic, there really isn't a creative use of magic in most no. of these movies, which I understand, like, oh, like, it's, do you want to focus on the beast? But it's like, these are like people that have been trained wizards their whole lives. It's not teenagers in Harry Potter. Like, they should know how to use magic in a very, uh, I think, effective way, but we've yet to really see that. Or just even like, I don't know, even going back, I know you talk about how you're the best wizard duel is uh, Dumbledore yeah. and Voldemort in uh, number five, which I would agree with. But like even the fight before that, when the Aurors come to fight the Death Eaters, like with Sirius Black, like I think that's a really good fight scene. The Order of the Phoenix, not the Order yeah, of the yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Order of the Phoenix. But like I think like, you know, with the wizarding duels, you kind of have to have pairing up, pairing off where like different people fight different people. And it's not just like a mass of people fighting, but like individuals will fight individuals and they'll use uh, different magic based on the individual. And I think that's where a lot of the, I think, interesting action of the wizarding world can happen. But I feel like with Fantastic Beasts, it's mostly just like we got to get this MacGuffin to this person so that they can do this thing. And it's more of like running around with the MacGuffins rather than actually using magic uh, in a creative way to really, I think, take on the villain. And so it's just it's a little disappointing to see we're not really exploring magic in a new way or even an interesting way for that manner. Right. And I will say this, though, I love that Fantastic Beast uh, theme song, the you know like the that that plays during the title i'm like oh man this takes me back to the first fantastic beast when i had hope that was like the only Um, only time though that really played it throughout the movie right i didn't even think the music was was uh, at a point where it really brought back in the old old vibes or 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 any sort of wizarding vibes it was really just non non non-existent non-significant they did play the the Hedwig's they did play theme. the Harry Potter when went theme. Back to Hogwarts, uh, yeah. When it went back true. to Hogwarts. And it was that moment, I'm like, I could be watching normal Harry Potter right now <laughs> instead of this. <laughs> also, remember when they gave Jacob a wand and everybody thought he was going to be able to use magic? Psych? And then you found out, no, it's just a fake. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad you didn't give a muggle magic. But back to Nate's point, he's useless. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's all about confusing not just Grindelwald, but everybody. They wanted the, everyone to The plan to be confused. was confusing Grindelwald, and they confused everybody. <laughs> it worked. Shall we dive into ratings then? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think we've slaughtered this, uh, slaughtered this movie pretty good. We did a pretty good job. I don't know if I'm, how low I'm allowed to go. I'm going to say, uh, I'll say 0 out of 10 is my lowest that I can go. I'm giving this a 1 out of 10. Um, I have virtually nothing good to say about this movie. I can't recommend it to anyone, but it gets one because there's some magic, there's some nice music, there's some funny moments, um, but nothing to like, none of, none of it to like make you want to watch the movie. Like, and so because it's not uh, 100% bad, it's only mostly really bad. Um, I'll give it a one, but yeah, I, I can't recommend this to anybody. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it 0.5 stars. Um, <laughs> you'd have to pay me a lot of money to go watch this movie again. A lot of money. Um, <laughs> and e- even then, I-, I would do it grudgingly. You know, it, it would be, it, you maybe, maybe even torture me to watch this movie. <laughs> you know, it, w- it was true. It was tr- <laughs> Or torture you by watching the movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it, it was truly an, an awful movie. 
from from every every standpoint that you can potentially think of. I'm trying to think of the only redeeming quality is that it was in the wizarding world, but the redeeming quality comes because of the Harry Potter movies, not because of this movie in and of itself. <laughs> um, it, it, it like I'm gonna compare it to. I would. I'd rather watch Venom. Let there be carnage. Two. That one made Whoa. more sense to me than this, and that one did not yeah. make sense <laughs> at, at all. At least that one was shorter, so it was less pain to go through time wise. This is so. This movie was so uh, long. They just were yeah. extending this pain. At least carnage. Okay, got it over with after an hour and a half. But yeah, point five stars for me. Please, please don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my rating is a uh, it's a uh, it's a half to watch. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's the highest it could be. It, it's a don't watch. It's that's the lowest, right? Yeah, it's the lowest. Okay, just don't watch it. It's not worth your time. If you're a fan of Harry Potter, it's probably gonna make you angry or sad. But it's just just wasn't very entertaining. They also another thing I was gonna mention is like they had this tones of like oh happiness and it's like super sad and I'm like you're all over the place. Doesn't make sense. And it's just, for me, I think it's a lot of wasted potential because that first Fantastic Beasts film is like, oh, something new in the wizarding world. You're like, this is fun. This is exciting. And to see where it is now, you're kind of just like, this is boring. I don't Mm want to watch this. Like, I don't really like, you know, I think Harry Potter is a fandom that people really cling to. And you're like, oh, I want to be a wizard. Like, it's there's a lot of love for it. And I feel like for most people, this will take away your love of, uh, I think, Harry Potter or the wizarding world. Come so and it's, lose your love. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a don't watch for me. And it's like, I know they said they wanted to do five of these. I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think they're going to be able to make another one after this because like a well, box office, it's not doing the best, but also just like be Who like, cares? it kind of, it can wrap up. Yeah. It can wrap up like, Oh, Grindelwald's still out there, but you could wrap up and be like, well, the prequel series is done. Cause Dumbledore goes and defeats Grindelwald and we all know what's happened next. And so, it's, uh, I don't think it's going to get another one. I'm kind of glad there's not going to be another one. But I think these movies, which is kind of sad after the first one was good, the show is like, okay, this is the direction we shouldn't go mm-hmm. with the Wizarding World and Harry Potter. Like, I felt like they focused way too much on trying to retell. Like, the first one, I think, works because it's like they tell a single story with Newt and the Fantastic Beasts, and they don't really bring in too many other characters. But as soon as Crying to Grim's Grindelwald hits... It's like we got to focus completely on Dumbledore and Grindelwald and that whole conflict rather than focusing on these new characters and the stories that they're going to tell. Agreed. That is our thoughts on Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, Our listeners out there, let us know what you guys thought. Maybe you're like, these guys are the stupidest guys ever, or if you're completely agreeing with us, let us know. We we love to have that validation. (laughs) But uh, it's time to play the quote one more time. We have to go back. It's too late for that. We're close to the other side. What other side? You want to drown us both? You want to know how I did it? This is how I did it, Anton. I never saved anything for the swim back. All right, that is the quote again, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all you listeners out there. If you want a chance to get a shout-out on our podcast, you can do that by following us on Instagram and Twitter, at Quotes and Stuff Pod. If you DM us guessing the quote correctly, we will give you a shout-out. If you want another way to reach out to the show, you can do that through email. That's at, at quotesandstuffpod at gmail.com, sending in your guys' suggestions or thoughts on any of the things that we talk about. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next Goodbye. time. Goodbye. Adios.